It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7. The team, the guest list, incredible. 104th, 105th episode from Alexander Volkanowski, UFC champion, who's we've talked to in front of the show. Al Jermaine Sterling, friend of the show. Diego Sanchez, friend of the show. And now we brought in our next guest. And we're going to take this journey together. Micah Frankel's joining me. He's right to the right-hand side. Always good to see you, Micah. Morning, Mike. How you doing? Our next guest, they call him the gentleman. And his phone rang. And they said, do you want to fight for a world title in the LFA? And the gentleman answered the phone. Jalen Fuller, welcome to the show, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. Let's start the journey in Detroit, Michigan. Some people call it Detroit Rock City. Eminem made it famous. But for me, Detroit is Motown. Now, Jalen, take us through those Detroit days. Is that what groomed you to be a fighter later on in life? Uh, definitely not, actually. My time in Detroit, uh, I'll be, I w- would be considered uh, soft in my time in Detroit. I had two older brothers, so I didn't have to fight too many of my own battles, actually. Jalen Fuller's our guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. He's going to be fighting for the title in Sioux Falls, I believe, South Dakota, LFA Championship. Now... Motown sound. I'm a big music guy, right? It was Smokey. It was Diana Ross. It was Martha and the Vandellas. Did you grow up in that music in your household? 100%. We are 100% a slow jam R&B type of household. Uh, My favorite artist is Brian McKnight. Wow. Absolutely, in my opinion, best singer all time. Of all time? All time for me, personally. I remember uh, a Martin episode. They brought out Brian McKnight when he proposed to Gina. Shout out Martin. Martin was based out of Detroit. You, you, I'm giving you some Detroit you're history. Me, you're giving me these facts, and I'm soaking them all up. I'm loving every second. So let's continue. Come to Albuquerque, New Mexico, Rio Rancho High School. Is that where you start to see athletics become part of your life? Uh, no, actually, because uh, growing up, asthma, I actually had a really bad asthma. still do, as a matter of fact, inhaler in my pocket. Uh, but uh, I was actually musical theater and choir in high school all throughout. Let's stay there, musical theater. Tell me what that entails, the theater of music, would that be like a Hamilton setting where they're singing due to and, and giving us a, a theatrical performance? A hundred percent. And that part of performing really, really stood out to me. I uh, just didn't know it would take me um, kind of toward a different avenue, but still getting to perform in front of the crowd, which I love. Shout out friend of the show, DJ Montego, friend of the show, Kid Frost, friend of the show, a lot of artists, Micah, like Larry the Jeweler. And now we got Jalen Fuller who can sing. I might... I might have him sing in the studio before this is over. You know how I get, Micah. <laughs> if he sings, we might all start singing because this man can take over a crowd. And if I can interject, you get the first round submission, LFA 150, and I've never seen a crowd so moved by the Backstreet Boys before. I want it that way. He's blaring. Uh, well, what's that moment like? Um, heart pounding. Uh, it was very intense to get the crowd behind me like that uh it's a moment i didn't expect to happen but you know what to say you can't create those moments those moments just fall on you those moments become created jalen fuller 
They call him the gentleman. It's ESPN Radio, 101.7, the team show, Mike Adams 2.0. This will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to the Instagram at Mike Adams 2.0. Jalen Fuller, let's continue. So you get done at Rio Rancho High School, and now you have to go find work, right? You decide <laughs> to get your education and graduate, and by day you're a firefighter. I want to say thank you for doing that. Uh, well, first off, uh, I got my degree in fire science um, to become a structural firefighter. But then we found out we were expecting our first daughter, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. And then um, after that, it turns out we found out she was going to be born with Down syndrome. And so we were like, OK, that's no big deal for us. More blessings in disguise. We just didn't know at the time. Uh, but then I looked into how criminally underpaid the firefighter department is, mm. which had me have to move on from that field because it was my plan. Uh, now I'm over at uh, HP Inc., uh, Hewlett Packard, over there right next to the Star Center, as a matter of fact. And I've been there now uh, six years, and they're completely supportive of me following my fighting career and passion. And it's allowed me to really not only continue to train, but provide a life for my family that I probably wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So let's stop right there, right? You become a firefighter and um, you go to HP. When during this time, so you already have your degree. Where'd you graduate from? I uh, got it from CNM. CNM. Shout out CNM. Mm-hmm. So when in this time frame do you decide... I'm going to become a mixed martial artist. Uh, So it was actually 2012 or 13, I believe. I just went over to my friend Woodrow Sunderman's house. Shout out Woodrow Sunderman. Uh, And he was watching the uh, Mighty Mouse versus Joseph Benavidez fight. And Mighty Mouse just slept him immediately. And I was like, that man is... Half my size. And for him to move that way, it was astounding to me. And that kind of sparked my interest. That was the first MMA fight I had actually got to see. Uh, Then I started to dig in a little bit deeper and was seeing the season of Tough that had just finished around that time, which was uh, John Jones versus Chael Sonnen. And I saw that famous Uriah Hall spinning hook kick Mm. on Adam Sella. And I was like, people can really move that way. That It was enchanting to me to see somebody be able to have that much control over their body and that just kind of got me spiraling uh falling deeper into martial arts as a whole and finally i was like you know what i talk a little bit slick sometimes so maybe i should just go train to make sure i know how to back it up we are in the streets of albuquerque as a matter of fact so that's always a bit necessary so um i went in there first first day I loved it. I, I actually went in there fully expected to have an asthma attack halfway through because I've never been able to really do cardio-inducive sports. But my body just never quit when we were going through it. I never had any breathing issues, no lung issues, nothing like that. And it just was another thing that spoke to me like, hey, your body is telling you this is something that you're more than capable of doing. Um, and if you want to continue to do so, just, just for fun, just to defend yourself in the moment, feel free to. Let's go back to Uriah Hall, because I think that's what inspired you. You saw Mighty Mouse, but then you see Uriah Hall. Did it kind of remind you of combative theater almost, the way he did that spinning kick? Exactly right. It almost looked staged. It almost looked staged to me. But then, you know, after I was starting off like, that can't be real. You can't actually land that on somebody in a real fight. It's too wild. It's too chaotic. That's not real. And then slowly but surely, you know, you go through those YouTube highlight reels and you're seeing it's a little bit more common than you were expecting. So after I saw that, it actually um, 
really stuck with me as a potential basis of my fighting style as a whole because I wanted everyone who watched me ever compete to say that was graceful, that was beautiful, that man's in control. First time I meet Jalen, he's training at a Latrell Yee under Chris Chris Latrell. At what point in your training do you go from, okay, I'm just here in the gym to, hey, hey, coach, yeah, put me in the cage, sign me up for a fight? Uh, it was actually rather unceremonious. It was, uh, hey, Jalen, you want to fight? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And that was all it was. It was very nonchalant. Walked right by. He said, oh, yeah, Jalen, there's this card. Um, uh, J- Jenna Velasquez, I believe, was putting on that show for my first amateur fight against uh, Martin Arlone. And he was like, hey, you know, like four weeks away, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah, sure. I mean, might as well. How do we go from it progressing then? What happens in that first fight where you're like, I want to do a second fight, a third fight. I, I think I like this. What happens? Uh, it was when my shin first made contact with his body and the, the roar, the roar of the crowd. The roar of the crowd really got me. As soon as that, that thud landed, you can hear it so clear it echoes through the entire arena that you're in. And the crowd reaction to those blows really got me captivated and said, this is addicting. I got to keep going. In that time period also, I know that being under Latrell Yee transitions to mentoring under Frank Gomez. What led to that kinship and really going under his wing? Uh, So the biggest thing was my overall just lack of skills at the time. Uh, I mainly primarily used a flicking up jab into my background left kick uh, from southpaw position, targeting that liver. That was all I had and my athleticism keeping me going. Um, and then from there, I just showed up one day cause, um, Thomas, one of my jujitsu coaches, he told me, Hey Jalen, you know, uh, we have a class on Saturday. It'll really help you develop further with your striking and your kickboxing. It's done by Frank Gomez. Go ahead and go in there. So I went in there and he just beat the absolute brakes off of me that very first day and continued to beat the brakes off of me, um, five years later. Uh, but <laughs> at this moment, uh, that that was really like, you know what, your body learns that lesson better when someone actually shows you that they can do that to you. Uh, so I started just showing up every Saturday that he was coaching, and I saw those subtle improvements throughout the week. And he gave me his personal time, which will always mean so much to me. Um, you know, my left hand is like one of my primary tools now. I was afraid to even try to throw it back in the day. I didn't know how. And he just pinned me up against the wall. And he's like, up and down, straight left. I don't want no tell. I don't want your elbow to come out. I don't want to see it from your shoulder. I want you to just repeatedly drill that. So every every session when we first started, it was 30 minutes up against that wall. I showed up early before class started and just drilled that repeatedly, repeatedly, until it became mildly satisfactory to him. And, and Mike, you looked a little surprised. I'm, I'm serious, though. I, I saw Frank on top of Jalen and Mount just like two nights ago when I dropped by. It, it's still real like that. He's still beating him up. Jalen Fuller's our guest. They call him the gentleman. And I got to say this. You carry yourself very well. Eloquent is the word I'm going to use. And I think that's synonymous with gentlemen. Let's continue the journey. So as you decide to walk into Latrell Yee, was that already planned? Or did you go into the first gym that you saw? So you watch Mighty Mouse. You see Uriah Hall. You decide you want to do this. What made you walk into that gym? 
it was the closest gym to me that I saw. It was just that simple. I didn't have a car at the time, and it was right across the street, um, right next to where uh, Flowers and Things used to be on Southern. Um, and I was like, you know what? That's a 10-minute walk. This is where I'm going to go. When I think of your weight division, you're fighting, I believe, at 180 for this fight. 170 world 170, title. Welterweight 170 title. world title. When I think of that weight class, right away, names pop to my head, right? St. Pierre, Condit, the Diaz brothers. Those are the names that pop in my mind. When you started this journey, because remember, we started in the very beginning. So when you're in that gym at this point, going back to the gym, are you thinking, okay, I'm just here to get better and test myself? Or are you thinking, listen, this is what I'm going to do in my livelihood. And these are the names I'm going to try to get to. Uh, it was all about testing myself. Uh, before you can, before in my case, walking in there with those lofty dreams like so many people do, uh, I had to make sure that I was as tough as you would need to be. You know, it doesn't do you or anyone that you care about any good for you to go in there pursuing those type of goals. If you're going in there getting mopped up every day on the mats and you're still going home telling them that I'm going to be a champion, I'm going to be the best. You have to find out for real with these guys, especially in that era of training when it was kind of like hard sparring all the time for everybody. You find out really quick if you're going to be able to last in this world or if you're not, if you're someone's punching bag or if in time you're going to be able to take over and give it back. The gentleman, Jalen Fuller, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Michael, you've been telling me about this guy now for the past year. Now we're going to be able to see him. Is this fight going to be on live TV? We have it on UFC Fight Pass. It's the main event. It's next Friday night. LFA, you can have a free trial on Fight Pass if you've never had it before. This is your main event, Sanford, Pentagon, Sioux Falls. It's amazing. This is like the 17th time they've ever been there. It's actually quite a beautiful arena and atmosphere. You'd be able to be like, what? Yes, yeah, Sioux Falls wants to have a fight city and wants to be known for it. This is one we're tech- checking out. You have Sioux Falls as the backdrop for the top welterweight prospect from Albuquerque taking on the top welterweight prospect from Jacksonville. Now I ask you this question. After you bring home the belt, and I know you're humble, but let me, let, me, let me rephrase this. After you bring home the belt, and I'm not asking you to think ahead, but I look at what happened to Holly Holm, Micah, when she won the LFA title. You remember that? We remember that right here. It was before the LFA. It was Legacy FC still back then, Route 66 Casino. We remember that. Once you bring back that belt, this ain't asking you to think forward. You're in the moment. I can feel it. You know where I'm going with this. I 100% know where you're going with this. Is that that next stop? That level? Is UFC where you want to be? Bellator? Uh, one championships? Where do you see yourself? Uh, I see myself moving on to become the first ever three combat sport world champion out of one championship. This is my stepping stone. This is a, this is a placeholder for me. Uh, I'm going in there to show in pure dominant fashion that I'm above this level that they currently have me stationed at. I've taken the time. I've developed a full skill set. There are people who are still going to say that there are many flaws in my game, and they're probably right. This is a martial arts journey. You will never be done. So at this moment, that is my goal. That is my end goal. I don't care what organizations I have to go through to build up enough of a brand. 
I don't care if I have to go and win the next five PFL seasons to be able to make it so that I can work my way over there and train that full martial arts lifestyle with the financial security that it can bring. That is my end goal. I will not stop until I've reached that goal. Holly Holm, Demacio Page, Cody East, Chris Brown, Harvey Park. What would it feel like adding your name to that list, LFA champions representing New Mexico? It would feel earned, um, and it would feel like I belong. Let me ask you this question. Jalen Fuller's our guest, ESPN, 101.7, the team. You have this level of confidence, and that's not easily, easily handled. I appreciate it. See, I appreciate somebody who has a scope of work. You talk about honing your craft, right, which brings confidence to oneself. Now, how did you get to that level of confidence, or were you always confident in everything you did? It started off as being confident in everything that I did, but eventually the realism has to set in, okay? You have to be able to look at yourself in an unbiased way or you will not grow. It does not matter. You'll start picking those training partners who you can just constantly pick apart. You know, you will refuse to test yourself when you're afraid of being real with yourself. You know, that first time that Frank Gomez beat the brakes off of me on the mats, I was like, well, that was humbling. I need to come back and do it again. The first time my teammate uh, Super Mario Moore, who's going to be fighting uh, Fury on the same weekend as I am, uh, the first time that he just laid it on me, I didn't know a heavyweight could have that type of cardio and pressure and just never stop. The first time that a teammate of mine who's getting ready to make his pro debut now, Chris the Lightning Collins, he put it on me too in uh, a level with, with his wrestling that I thought I could handle. Most wrestlers, it didn't matter what your weight class was, didn't matter what type of collegiate background you came from, from your wrestling. I thought, doesn't matter. I've shut down this many takedowns. I'm going to shut it down again. And to get ragdolled by that, you can either tell yourself, eh, he just got me that day. I'm still where I need to be. Or you can be open and honest and say, I need to work with this every single day with this individual who's piecing me up in this area. Realism is the word. I'm glad you used it. I'm looking at you nine, 10 years into this journey, right? Starting 13, we're in 23. You didn't wrestle in high school. No mixed martial out background until later on, maybe 21, 22 years old. Is that yeah. fair? Mm-hmm. No boxing skill set at that point, correct? Correct. And yet the level of confidence you walk into this room with is impressive. See, I want to surround myself by 30 dudes who are confident. 30 people who can walk in a room and say, we're going to get something done. I see something getting done, Micah. I see something getting done next week and another champion coming out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I got to ask this. When they introduce you that night, are you from Albuquerque, New Mexico? I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he's a finisher. Let me tell you, Mike, 59 second. First round knockout, 12 second first round knockout, a minute 59 first round knockout, or first round submission, excuse me. We're talking about two minutes and 32 seconds of first round finish. We're talking about two minutes and 16 seconds 
a minute and 14 seconds. The last two, these last two submissions, we had seen you get tested by some bigger characters, have to go into the Sambo wrestling world. That was a lesson learned. What if these last two submission wins told you about where you're going and how you're progressing? The biggest thing that those submission wins told me, it was, hey, don't be too too down on yourself because you got out grappled into your two defeats. Okay. Yes, they out grappled you. Take what you can from that. Take the positives. And by positives, I mean take what they did to you that most people would see as a negative. Turn that into a positive. Address those skills. Bruno Assis, who was my first loss, shout out to Bruno Assis, he put it on me in that fight up at 185. We had jumped up weight classes. Uh, We were going at it, and his brother is a judo Olympic alternate for Brazil. He's a black belt in judo and a black belt in BJJ. Most people would be like, oh, well, you know, of course he outgrappled me. No, I was like, yeah, he outgrappled me. Um, he tested me, he pushed me and because of him and what he did to me, I was able to jump and improve so drastically in my submission defense. Then the next fight, uh, after I defeated Gage, it was up against a uh, Muktabek Ulu, that Dagestani style wrestling, that suffocating style. You know, I sat there and was so hype, so confident off of the previous fight I had just had about 10 days prior that I stepped up and took that fight again on short notice. Both of those were on short notice. And that also was a lesson in of itself that I'm a prep time fighter. Like give me time to break down who it is I'm facing. Okay. But when I went in there with Mutebek, he was like, he didn't even throw a punch until round three. And I sat there just after having countered gauge my previous opponent to that. I countered him effortlessly Muktabek never threw a punch, and I sat there waiting for something that never came. It taught me, Jalen, you need to lead the dance. You must have the initiative. Do not go into your next fight basing it off of the performance you had in the fight prior. And really getting that that wrestling experience, that feel, is going to help me evolve in that field as well. Jalen Fuller, they call him the gentleman, is on Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN 101.7, the team. Jalen, what's in the iPod right now? What is in your iPod? If you're going for a run, if you're going to go to the gym, you're going to do some push-ups or some sit-ups, you're going to run the mountain, I need to know what's in the iPod. It's 100% slow jams almost all day. 65% of it is slow jams. I literally have a Brian McKnight Pure playlist where it's nothing but Brian McKnight live performances, studio performances, whatever I can find of him on Spotify. I'm kicking that. My training partners absolutely hate it when I am on that ox because we are listening to slow jams. I don't care what type of mood you're in. You're going to go home wanting to have a baby when I'm done, okay, because <laughs> that is how we're going to play this game. Uh, then it's got to move over into pop. You know, uh, I like to stay with uh, a lot of things that are classic pop and uh, a little bit on that newer scene. And then uh, Give I'm me a, a bi- couple bands uh, or a couple singers. Uh, that would see um, Justin Timberlake, okay. of course. That's a must. Big fan. Uh, we got to go with, um, actually, I love the uh, BTS and the K-pop scene okay. right now. Uh, Zion T, um, Lauren Hill. Oh. Lauren Hill is just an absolute oh. treasure, treasure to me. That Good is a work. treasure to me. Good work. Uh, Usher. Got to keep Usher going. Um, this new, the new artist, uh, Dolce, she just dropped that one song, What It Is. That is, it's on everyone's Instagram reels right now. And it is, it is a hot track. I'm telling you right now, it's on repeat on my phone right now. When you walk out to the cage next week for the world title, 
what song is going to be playing. Can you give us a sneak peek or do I have to watch? Uh, you know what? I would like it if everyone would just watch and kind of stay stay tuned. You know, my intros have kind of become a, a bit of a calling card for me right now for all of my walkouts. Uh, but, you know, everyone was like, oh, you're going to go out to NSYNC next. And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to recreate that moment that I had. You're just going to have to wait and see. Still never seen anybody come out to Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Choke a guy to sleep. Doctors are having to check on him, and this man's eating up the moment and leading the karaoke with the whole crowd, and you've never seen so many 30-, 40-year-old women embarrassed to be singing along, everyone just dying, realizing that they're on UFC Fight Pass being streamed worldwide, doing it. It's quite the moment. You guys can check it out at LFA 156. One last thing, though, on going back to when you first started training. I'm thinking back to that scene. Uh, Maurice Jackson was there. Lionel Lanningham's there. Andreas is Quintana's there. Javier Cepeda's with them. Kevin Kroom, Jordan Espinosa. What was it like, really, for you walking into that environment? Because I think that was really when the gym was as packed as I've ever seen it at Latrell's. Um, for me, it was ignorance is bliss. Because me also walking into it, I had no idea who I was surrounded by at the moment. And that really helped me actually... Uh, be able to get past those usual sparring nerves and flutters that you have when you know you're in there with a killer. You know, it was a very sore experience. Like uh, people like Lionel definitely obliterated me. And as one of the bigger guys in the gym, I kind of didn't have a choice but to keep on going with him day after day and be forced to improve that way. Um, but I would have to say that, yeah, going in there at that time, you know, Latrell's was riding quite a wave, quite a bit of momentum. And uh, I was happy to be included in that momentum for the time that it lasted. Shout out Chris Latrell, one of the best to do it. One of the founders in New Mexico. You got to give him credit just as much as you give everybody credit. You got to give Chris Latrell his due. What's the meal right after the fight? I need to know, what are you craving? What When this fight gets done and you got the title around your waist, what are you looking to eat? I'm looking for the trashiest thing I can possibly get my hands on. If there's a DQ chocolate ice cream Oreo blizzard that's somewhere near me, it's done. That is what I am grabbing. If I have to make that Domino's order to get those molten lava cakes, I'm doing that. And Uber is going to be a very, I'm going to have a very happy Uber delivery driver right there uh, for Grubhub or something because I'm tipping them everything that I can for them to bring me in, uh, to bring me that food to, to, just clench that little urge that I'm having, that little singe, you know. We're healthy for so long in these fights. And when I'm done fighting that week after, anything goes. Anything goes everywhere. Mike, I got to tell you, every fighter I've talked to, it's it's funny. This Boxers, MMA guys, they always say ice cream. Something to do with ice cream. Every one of them always tell me, I need an ice cream, whatever it is. I'm going to knock it out. It's because that grease is just too hard to digest, and you've already had your fill of, of fruit and vegetables, so you don't want anything that looks like it came from the ground. So I feel like it's easiest to go for the chocolate or the ice cream, and then it's two days later you hear them, well, yeah, I had that pizza, I had that hamburger, I had all that grease dripping off of it, because your, your body's been healthy for so long, and that meal the night before is so healthy. I think ice cream, just the easiest thing to digest. Jalen, the gentleman fooler, he's going to be fighting for the LFA title. That's next Friday, correct, Micah? Yes, next Friday. Oh, uh, no, uh, the 14th. 14th. Two Fridays two from Fridays. now. Two Fridays from now. Next week, friend of the show, Brian Mendoza Lavala, will be fighting on Showtime for the world title. Yes, That's sir. we're excited for. 
I just want to say thank you. Most importantly, best of luck. The studio is always open. I say this, Micah, you've known the guest list we've had over the course of how many years we've been doing this. It's a who's who. Austin Trout was with me before he went to go beat Cotto in the garden. Rashad sat with me before he became the biggest thing in UFC. And now I just, I see something here, Micah. If he says what he's going to do, the door is always open even if you don't do it. And everybody won championship. Muay Thai, kickboxing, MMA. I forgot to clue you guys in earlier when Jalen said three-sport world champion. It's because in one, they do all of those and house grappling. So you can have four different combat sports world titles under one banner. Jalen Fuller, best of luck, man. Originally from Detroit, Michigan, calls Albuquerque, New Mexico his home. And I'm going to say this, Jalen. You have a future ahead of you. But guess what? I don't need to tell you because you already know. Thanks for being with us, gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's the gentleman, Jalen Fuller. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0. ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. I got to give a shout out to the Bermudez brothers, Sergio Bermudez. I was out at their 25th anniversary last week, Micah. It was incredible. Not only did he serve tacos to the entire community, which was amazing, he also gave them dessert, soda pop. Had a great banda there. Congratulations to the Bermudez brothers, Sergio Bermudez, El Mesquite Market. That was a great interview with Jalen the Gentleman Fuller, Micah. I really see him bringing back the title. He's a finisher. He has that instinct. He goes after it when he sees the opening, but he's not this over-aggressive fighter. You could hear he's analytical. He's thoughtful. He assesses the challenge. He knows how to break down an opponent. That's why he... Brought even up. He needs that time for a training camp. Almost in the same mindset of a John Jones. I'm going to fully obsess about you, break you down, make myself the best version of myself for this puzzle to go solve it. Micah, it's time for Fact or Fiction. Are you ready? I'm in. You in? Let's go. Holly Holm, we brought up her name a couple times already, and it's a fact. She just keeps evolving. Keeps evolving, Micah. Unbelievable win. And I'll tell you what, she looks just as good now as when she beat Ronda Rousey. Better wrestler, of course. She's gained that knowledge. But Micah, she could become the world champion again. Four takedowns, people. World champion boxer. Multiple time world champion boxer. Won the world title off a head kick. And she scores four takedowns to get the victory in a comeback fight. It's about two years away, dealing with leg injuries, a plethora of them different ones, setting her back. Holly Holmes back in the win column. And now, crazy question, what do you do with her next, Mike? I say you give her the best of the best in the division. Not the world title yet, Micah, but whoever's the best of the best in the division, let's rock and roll. You're going to say Shevchenko maybe. I'm going to say let's do it. Hopefully the UFC is going to give us some clarity because there's been rumblings. Is it going to be Aldana? Is it going to be Pena? Who's going to challenge Nunez for that title next? Whoever doesn't get that opportunity, it's a title eliminator against the Preacher's daughter. Same card, best performance of his career from Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, best for sure. For sure, Micah. And I I don't know if I called you the next morning. I might have been Sunday morning, and that was that was unbelievable. 
the lateral movement, the game plan, the aggressiveness to take Marlon Vera right out of his game plan, overwhelm him from the get-go, never let Vera get started, incorporate the takedowns into a striking-heavy game plan. It was something masterful. And then the chutzpah, the chutzpah to call out the guy that no one wants to say the name. You called out Marab Davalish Philly. No one has been calling out the Georgian. We're worried about if he's going to challenge Aljo. We got another title eliminator right made. Perfect moment for the UFC. And then right after that, we saw Jose Ramirez win off of body punching. He can make a run at the world title again. Micah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm not going to say fact or fiction. He can make a run. I just don't know how long and how many fights it's going to take. He he said he wants progress in the next one. He called out another title holder. Said maybe one or two more at 40, and then 47. Does that sound like a good plan? It might be three more, Micah, because here's the case, right? The body shots were incredible. But to jump to that next level, right? Like Mendoza next week, who was our guest, for him to have this shot right now, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable also is unification. Is that the best way for us to get spotlight on the women's game like we saw from Sanisa Estrada on Saturday night? Yeah, they, they need, Micah, the unification belts are crucial, right? Because when you own every belt, that solidifies you. Think about what Terrence Crawford has done, Jermaine Taylor has done. When you have every single belt, Micah, what... You control your destiny at that point, right? At that point, she got two of them working towards the other. I think actually three with the ring. Some big things happening, and at least it's drawing the eyes to the women's side. Talk about drawing the eyes. Step aside, Spence Crawford, Benavidez, Canelo is now that must-see dream matchup. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Caleb Plant, shout out. I thought he fought well. It was just Benavides is too big, Micah. And I'm the biggest Canelo Alvarez fan you'll ever meet. The only time I didn't root for Canelo is when he fought Austin Trout because Austin Trout's New Mexico. Other than that, Micah, I think Canelo's body shots will be too much for Benavides. This is must-see TV. It's must-see TV. And is it must-see in the thought that Canelo has never faced a threat to this degree? I'm not talking about in the ring. I'm talking about to his fan base. The Mexican fan base might be split for the first time ever. How much of a threat is this for Canelo? Well, let's let's have two things. Number one, Canelo is fighting in Guadalajara, Jalisco, in his hometown for Cinco de Mayo. They're trying to plan this fight for September, Las Vegas. I'm guessing Las Vegas. I'm guessing Las Vegas. Maybe, maybe they go to, I'm sure it's T-Mobile. Maybe you try a legion. Who knows? Right. I think, I think they could fill a legion. I really do, Micah. And don't forget, Canelo put 70000 in AT&T when he fought Liam Smith, I believe. That's who he fought in AT&T Stadium. That's he put 70000 there. Do you think there's a chance that Vegas hits Dallas? Do you think maybe that Jerry World allure is there trying 90000 If This is this big of a fight. And as far as the fan base goes, this reminds me a lot, Micah, of Oscar De La Hoya, Chavez Sr. De La Hoya from Los Angeles, California, had a Mexican background, and a Los Angeles background. Same with Benavides, right? But Benavides is from Phoenix. Canelo, Micah, the fan base, you're going to pick who you like, but it is going to be packed regardless of what you 
regardless of who you're rooting for, that place is going to be packed. That place is going to be jam-packed. Hit you with a changeup. No, we're not talking about baseball. Happy opening day to everybody. Happened earlier this week. We'll get there in just a moment. But it was kind of a changeup. We saw match play, and Sam Burns wins at the golf championships. You like the thought of match play mixing up the golf world? Yeah, I think they're bringing a lot of new looks, Michael. You got the live tournament paying guys astronomical amounts of money, whether they win or not. They're guaranteed their money. Then you get Burns who wins in a match play. Then you get, there's so many different elements to this, right, to bring us to watch more golf. If you go to the uh, waste management tournament, everybody's throwing stuff, throwing stuff on the course. During, you hit off one hole, everybody throws stuff, they pick it all up, the next guy hits. Golf is changing a little bit. The Masters is coming up, and that's what people are used to when you watch golf. You got to be quiet, Micah, when they hit off the tee. At the waste management, everybody's having a good time. You could see all NBA ballots this year without the names James, Durant, Leonard, and Paul this year. When you say ballots, what are you talking about? We're talking about the all NBA first three teams, those ballots that get put in, those 15 names. Yeah, 15 names. Durant is still be on it. I, there's a lot of injuries. How many games has he missed? He missed. It's been quite. The but, Phoenix Suns the home fans never even saw him play. So let's just think about this. If you're going to go first team, it's Tatum, it's Embiid, it's Jokic. If you're just picking five guys, if you're just picking well, five well, guys, you left out Giannis already. No, no. And, I, and, I, well, that was next because I was going to give you five guys. Well, and, and unfortunately, Tatum, two of those were centers that you gave me: Tatum, Joker, Embiid, right? Yep. Giannis, and you could pick. Steph, Luka Doncic, there's so many guys. Trey, Mike, I'm just trying to give you five. I just gave you eight. So do I think James Harden's a top 15 this year? Donovan Mitchell deserves it. Well, here's where we go with the problem with what you just said. Let's just start with the forwards because that's a forward movement. So Giannis Tatum, <laughs> Randall, Butler, Marketing, Adebayo, Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam. That's just a short list. Think about the guards. I think we already got Luca, SGA, Dame, but he just shut it down, so who knows if that hurts him. Davion Mitchell, Booker, Fox, Jaw, Steph's been really injured. Jay, uh, Garland, Brown can qualify in both positions from Boston, and they actually need him to get that super max, so he'll want to stay around. You said James Harden, Jalen Brunson, and that's probably the short list of guards. I think I even left out. Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie, we left out Halliburton. So there's a lot of names in there for what a census is to six spots. It's going to be a tough one. But I'll give you a lock and let me know if this is fact or fiction. There's going to be three centers. It's Embiid, it's Jokic, and it's Sabonis. That's a fact. If Sabonis doesn't make it, Micah, he's had a hell of a year for the Kings. For the Kings. Absolutely. You've got to give him respect. You've got to light his beam and put him on that third team. I, I didn't mean to go all MC and make that one rhyme this time, Mike. We also had a unanimous, first time ever in NCAA history. She comes on the women's side, a unanimous player of the year. This was an easy decision. Absolutely. Fact. Incredible year. Caitlin Clark, un- Micah, I can't wait. I can't wait, Micah, because what a game that's going to be played, right? 
unbelievable. Final four, South Carolina's tough. LSU is tough. I mean, this is going to be a great Final Four. A 40-point, triple-double, first one in NCAA tournament history. Pull back the curtain, you guys. We are recording before the women's games. So, unfortunately, no predictions. Maybe we'll get you one for that championship game. That being said, Saturday night, after we're off, Mike, who do you got? We got Florida, FAU, that darling against the other darling from San Diego that we know well here. I'm rooting for the Mountain West, Mike. I'm going San Diego State. I think they beat them by four points. Florida Atlantic will be an incredible game, and they'll be tough. It'll be. I just think the Aztecs have too much. The Huskies have been absolutely tearing up the competition. Do they make it through a hurricane? Yes, UConn and the other side. And I like UConn, San Diego State. The 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 tail of the tape will tell you UConn all day, but San Diego State's on such a run, Micah, I would not be surprised. That length, that defensive ability, I'm not putting it past them. We said it's opening day, and the best part of opening day, Mike, is hope. Well, and not just that. And You're talking opening day baseball. You're talking about games being shortened. You're talking about a pitch clock. I think Judge hit a home run yes uh, on opening day. Did Aaron Judge get one? Judge got one. Bregman, did he get one? I'm not sure if Bregman got one. I, I saw that the Astros won. I saw that Alvarez got one. Yeah, so a lot of home runs, a lot of pitchers uh, that were getting used to a clock, and even a couple pitchers, there was a couple that had to uh, take a ball from the umpire because they were taking too long. So will it speed up the game? That's what everybody wants. Right, You want to watch a baseball game in two and a half hours? I don't mind being at the park for three hours. That's just me. This is one game you don't need to speed up if the weather's nice. I'm all right with the speeding it up. It was quite a pleasure listening to the game on the radio opening day, hearing how fast it was flying by. It's been a joy. But for me, it's the opposite hearing of the trade rumors with Lamar Jackson. Fact or fiction he will not be a Raven when the season starts. Fiction, he will be a Raven. Fiction, you're not putting it that he would hold out. You're not thinking he would just walk away at this point. Too much money on the line, Micah. At the end of the day, how many years, as as a legitimate athlete, right, in football, Tom Brady being the exception, let's say you get 10, 11 years. I would not leave 37, if it's 37, if a team offers him, Let's just use an example. This has not happened. If another NFL team offers him, we're going to use the number 45. The Ravens will match it. No matter what, he's going to be a Raven. I wouldn't leave that money on the table by sitting out. I'm just so worried that the tumultuous negotiations have become so public that this could be a relationship with wounds too deep to be money. I know that to be mended, I know that money can fill a lot of those holes. I'm just worried that they won't be able to fill Lamar Jackson's heart. We also have this weekend, tonight, the return of Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin. Is Anthony Joshua still must-see TV globally? That's fiction, Micah. And until he fights Tyson Fury or Usyk at this point, Deontay Wilder, that's how he's going to get must-see TV. It'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. Don't forget Usyk beat him twice. He's never fought Fury. He's never fought Deontay. 
Um, that would be must-see TV if that was on his resume. He has something to prove, like the Bruins. Can the Bruins break the President Trophy curse? The last nine winners have not made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. You're talking about the Boston Bruins who've had an incredible year, Micah. Record-setting. Record-setting. Now, it's like this. When the Dodgers win so many games, right? Like they've won the most games ever in a regular season, then they can't win the World Series. I think the Bruins go end-to-end on this one. I think... They set records and win the Stanley. Some of the teams take their foot off the gas. There is no breaks. All gas with that Boston Bruin team. I don't think they've let up at all. I think they can have the momentum carry on and do something special. Special, that's also what we saw out of Anthony Richardson in his pro day. Do you think he did enough to make a team jump and bite and pick him in a spot where we may call him Trey Lance in a couple years. It might be top 10. That's how good he did. Some, might be top four. That's what some people are saying. I don't see how you could overlook C.J. Stroud. I don't see how you could overlook Bryce. I don't. There's, there's a lot of quarterbacks. He's going to go top 10. If he's top four, good for him. If you can just flick the ball 75 yards, and I need a quarterback... <laughs> that's, that's, that's Hampton right right, right there. That, that, that's a good one. And that's a fact, Mike. That is a fact. That's fact or fiction. That's Micah Frankel. That's sell behind the glass. I want to thank the president, Joe O'Neill. I want to thank our guest, Jalen the Gentleman Fuller. What a great interview. Don't forget Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Go to the Instagram, at Mike Adams 2.0. For Alyssa Ryan, Preston John Michael. My name's Mike Adams, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio, 101.7, The Team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio, 101.7, The Team.